Thank you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. We are so excited that you came across this message. The sermon you are about to listen to is from our study through the New Testament book of James. If you're joining us for the first time, I wanna be the first to say, welcome to Hope Church. Do us a favor and text NEW TO HOPE to 94090. After you hit send, you'll get an immediate response from our team with a link to a short form you can fill out so that we can get to know you better. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread hope to the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the sermon. Several years ago, Harvard Business Review released an article. And the article was an overview of a study that was done several years ago at the Disney World Parks in Orlando, Florida. And the reason for the study is the executives at Disney World wanted to know what in our parks captures the attention of children the most. That was the big question. As thousands upon thousands of kids come to our park every year, what is it at our parks in Orlando, Florida, that captures the attention of children the most? So Disney World hired a cultural anthropologist in order to do this study. And here was the big question. The big question was, what is it that most captivates children? Is it the costumed cast members? Is it the animated artwork? Is it the colorful toys? Is it the architecture? Is it the music? Is it the sweet-smelling snacks? What is it that captures the attention of children the most? The article says that after a couple of hours of observation, to Disney's great surprise, what captured the attention of children the most in their parks in Orlando was not the magic of Disney World. The anthropologist observed that what captured the attention of children within the Disney parks was their parents' cell phone. Now, that's probably what it was like in the room when the Disney executives got the report. They were shocked. It was not the result they were anticipating nor the result that they wanted because they did not go to all the trouble to conduct this survey to learn about parents. They didn't conduct the survey to learn about cell phones. They wanted to understand what captivated the attention of children because they understood something. Here's what they understood. What people give their attention to is a really big, And this morning, I want us to talk for a few minutes about what most captures our attention. I want you to think in your life right now. What are the things that most captivate your attention? If we were to hire someone to observe your life, just like Disney World did, what would they say most captures your attention? Maybe as you think about that, what comes to your mind is, wow, well, pastor, what captures my attention the most is social media. Maybe you would say what captures my attention the most right now is my retirement portfolio. 
Maybe you would say your attention right now is focused on leading your family. Maybe your attention is consumed with the political climate in America. Maybe you're like me and what most captures your attention today is Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. Amen. When we give our attention to something, here's what we're saying. This matters to me. And so as you reflect on the things in your life that have your attention the most, can you say today as we sit in this place that one of the things that has captured your attention the most is the word of God? If you have a Bible today, would you turn with me to James chapter 1? The New Testament book of James chapter 1, we're going to continue our journey through this incredible book of the Bible, and we're going to see today what it looks like to give undivided attention to the Word of God. So look with me in James chapter 1. I'm going to read two verses, verses 19 and 20. I want us to look at the first six words of verse 19 because they're important. James writes, this you know, my beloved brethren. Now, these six words are important because they communicate a lot. James is beginning verse 19 by saying, listen, I want your attention. There's something I'm about to share with you that's really, really important, and I want you to hear it clearly. He says, this you need to know. It's a point of emphasis. And then he goes on to say, my beloved brethren. Now, here's what that tells us. He's writing to Jesus followers. So he's writing to these Jesus followers, and he's saying, listen, I've got something I want to share with you, and it's really important, and I need you to lean in to what I'm about to say. Passage goes on. But everyone must be, and then he uses three phrases that we're going to unpack during our time together. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. What I want to do out of these two verses today is I want to share with you three ways to prioritize God's word. Three ways to give undivided, full attention to the word of God. And it's important today for us to realize that as we talk about God's word, as we talk about the Bible, this is not just a book with words about God. We believe that this book is the word of God. I love the way that Dallas Willard said it in his book, Hearing God. He said, in the most primary sense, the word of God is simply God's speaking. And through his word, God guides us. He brings us joy. He gives us wisdom. He brings us peace. And the list goes on and on and on. But I want us to understand as we dive in today, if we are going to faithfully follow Jesus, we must give priority and attention to the word of God. So how does that happen? Three ways to give priority to God's word. And here is the first one. Listen intently. Listen 
intently. If we're going to give attention, if we're going to give priority to the word of God, the first principle that James shares here is we're to listen intently. And here's really the heart of that principle. We need to hear clearly from God's word above all else. We need to hear clearly from God's word above all else. In verse 19, James uses this phrase, be quick to hear. The word quick is a word that means speedy or swift. And this priority of hearing is taught throughout the Bible. In Romans chapter 10, we see this. So faith comes from hearing. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Now it's important for us as we read James chapter one today to understand that in the context when this was written, It was primarily an oral culture. Here's what that means. They did not have a leather-bound Bible in front of them as they were processing this truth. They didn't have a cell phone that they could access to pull up a copy of the Scripture. Everything that was taught primarily was done orally. So it was communicated. So here's what that meant. In this context, listening was imperative. You could say it this way. Those who listened the best knew God the most. There's a principle here that we are to listen intently if we are going to prioritize the word of God. I think if we're honest, even though we do have a leather-bound Bible in front of us or a device in which we can use to access the Scripture, listening is hard. We are too busy, we're too distracted, we're too lazy. However, listening is critical in faithfully following Jesus. So James says, as you seek to know God through his word, the first thing you should do is you should be quick to listen. Now, how does that break down practically? Well, I want to give you a couple of ways that Practically, we are to listen intently. First of all, it means that we turn to God's word first and often. If we're going to be people who are quick to hear, to listen intently, we should turn to God's word first and often. Every day and in every situation, the first thing we should seek out is God's perspective. Here's a question that we all should ask first and often. What does God's word say? And the word picture here for this word quick in verse 19 is one of a mother who hears her baby crying in another room and jumps up and rushes to give care to her child who's crying. That's the word picture here. Last weekend, I was putting my daughter, Noelle, she's 18 months old, I was putting her down for a nap. And so I laid her down, and then I went downstairs, and I went to turn on the video monitor so that I could see that she was actually going to sleep through the camera that was in her room. And about the time that I turned the monitor on, all I could see was her standing up, and then I just saw her feet leave the top of the screen. And so (laughs) I dropped the monitor I rush up the stairs, almost pulled my hamstring, 
burst through the door and I found my daughter straddling the side of the crib about to jump off. And I obviously grabbed her and brought her away. In that moment, here was my mindset. Before I do anything else in this house, I must get to my daughter. Here's the principle of being quick to hear. It's us in every situation and every day saying, before I do anything else, I must hear from God above all else. We must turn to God's word first and often. Where do you rush first when you need guidance or help? Because the Bible is telling us today, the first place we should rush is to the word of God. So that's one way we apply this principle of listening intently. But there's another way we apply it, and that is approaching God's word ready to listen. We are to approach God's word ready to listen to what he has to say. I think you would agree that it is very difficult to communicate with someone who doesn't want to hear what you have to say. R. Kent Hughes wrote, an awesome commentary on the book of James. And in that commentary, he makes this statement. Billions and billions of words are produced every second, but only a fraction are truly heard. In our culture, we are bombarded by messages. We have messages coming at us every moment of every day. And if we're not careful, We don't really know what to prioritize, and we end up hearing very, very little. R. Kent Hughes went on in his commentary to say this. I thought this was very true. All of us regularly have conversations in which we are speaking, but the vacant eyes of the hearers and their body language indicate that they do not hear. Sometimes they are so self-consumed, they cannot listen. Other times they are so intent on what they want to say next that they are not catching a word we are saying. That is true in 2021. And that reality of our culture has massive implications on you and I hearing from God. I believe every day God looks at us and says, I want you to spend time with me in my word. I want to share with you what's on my heart. I want to share with you my plans for your life. I want to share with you more about who I am. Yet, in our busyness, in our hurriedness, we're content just to go through the motions without ever truly hearing. I want to read you a very scary statement. It is possible to read the Bible every day and accomplish nothing more than moving a bookmark forward. We can read, not hear. And the Bible's telling us today that if we really want to give attention and priority to the Word, the first thing we must rush to is hearing clearly from God above all else. Here's the second priority that we see here in the book of James. Speak 
carefully. We're to listen intently. We're to be quick to hear. But then we're also to speak carefully. And here's the heart of that. We need to be careful that the way we express ourselves is consistent with God's word. We need to be careful that the way we communicate, the way we express ourselves is consistent with God's word. In the early church, most of their gatherings that would be comparable to what we're doing today, they were very informal. And here's what would often happen. While the teacher was giving instruction or was communicating, people in the crowd would immediately express their opinion. And a lot of times when they expressed that opinion, it was either wrong or it was unnecessary. And so James is communicating here, listen, you need to be slow to speak. The word slow is the opposite of the word quick. And it means cautiously or carefully thought out. In essence, James is the first person to say, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Live appropriately. We are often quick to read the word and immediately draw conclusions or make our judgments or speak inaccurately or express ourselves to God and others. And James says, before you speak, you need to be careful that it's right. Another one of my daughters, her name's Reagan. She's five years old and she's currently learning to read. And so we have a lot of the books. She's in kindergarten, so we've purchased some of the books that just help her learn syllables and sounds and spelling. And the other day, we were working through the word banana, and it took us about 30 minutes to actually understand exactly what it was and how it sounded. But as I observed her learning to read, here's what I've noticed. She is extremely careful because she wants to ensure that she's saying the right thing in the right way. That's the principle of being slow to speak. It's not that you can't speak. Obviously, there's a place to speak. But James is saying, listen, as you do, as you hear from God, before you speak, ensure that you are communicating the right thing in the right way. So after we hear from the word, when we speak, we must do so in a way that is right that honors God and edifies others. So those are the first two priorities. If we're gonna give full attention to the word of God, we must listen intently, we must speak carefully. Then here's number three, proceed patiently. Proceed patiently. And this is the principle of being slow to anger, and here's what it means. We need to trust God's word is best for us. We need to trust that God's word is best for us. The third phrase James uses is slow to anger. Have you ever witnessed a child having a temper tantrum? I told you about two of my girls. I have two more. I have four girls, eight and under. And I feel like diffusing temper tantrums is my part-time job. I do it all the time. Sometimes it's over food, sometimes it's over a show, sometimes it's over a toy, but temper tantrums are a part of my life at home. And in essence, if you think about it, 
whether it's my child or your child or a child that you know, here's really the message in the midst of a temper tantrum. Since I am mad, you should change. We took our our girls up to Mount Charleston to play in the snow yesterday, and we probably had 10 to 12 temper tantrums. And every time they happen, here was the message from my child. Since I am mad, you should change. And here's a parenting tip. In each of those moments, here's what you should be thinking. Your temper tantrum does not impress me and is not going to change my mind. As we read God's word, there will be moments when we are challenged, when we get frustrated, when we are surprised, when we are offended, when we are convicted. When that happens, rather than rushing to become angry, we must be patient in those moments to believe that God's word is best for us. Because our temper tantrums, as we spend time in the word, do not change God's mind. And they do not lead us where we ultimately need to go. Look again at verse 20. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness That's the bullseye, that our lives, Christ in us, would produce the righteousness of God in all we say and in all we do. And the Bible says here that us throwing a temper tantrum spiritually does not achieve or does not result in the righteousness of God. One attribute of God that we see throughout the Scripture is that God is slow So this principle we're talking about is not just a principle in James chapter 1. It's actually an attribute of God. Look at this verse from Exodus chapter 34. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. I'm thankful that God is patient with us as his people. And his heart is not to punish us as we seek to know him. His heartbeat is for us to experience his very best. And here's how we know that. As we read God's word over and over, there are things that it is very clear we're not supposed to do. Every time in the scripture when God says, don't do this, here's what he's saying. Protect yourself. This falls outside of my very best for you. So I'm saying not to do it in my word because I want to protect you. But on the flip side, throughout the scripture, we see God saying, do this, pursue this. Here's what he's saying, enjoy yourself. This is in step with my very best for your life and you should go at it with full passion. God desires what's best for us. That's his heart towards us. Sometimes that means him saying, you need to stay away from this because he knows we need to be protected. So if something in the scripture challenges you, trust that God ultimately knows what's best and desires to bring that about for you. As I was studying this principle, I came across a statement by R.C. Sproul that I felt was very personal, but also very powerful. Look at what he says. If I don't like something, I read in Scripture. 
Perhaps I simply don't understand it. If so, studying it again may help. If, in fact, I do understand the passage and still don't like it, this is not an indication there is something wrong with the Bible. It's an indication something is wrong with me. Something that needs What a challenging statement. We live in a culture that is hurried and wants everything now. Unfortunately, God does not offer spiritual maturity in a microwave. It's a process. And as we give attention to his word, we must be slow to anger, knowing that ultimately he desires what's best for us and that God is working for and from eternity. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So what does it look like to give priority to God's word? In a hurried, noisy, opinionated culture, What does it look like to give priority to God's word? Well, there are three principles here in James chapter one. We're to listen intently. We're to hear clearly from God above all else. We're to speak carefully. We're to be careful that the way we express ourselves is consistent with God's word. And we're to proceed patiently. We need to trust God's word is best for us. And over this weekend, as I've just kind of been meditating on this passage, I've begun to pray those things. God, would you give me grace to listen intently? Would you give me grace and wisdom to speak carefully? And Lord, I need you to be able to proceed patiently. Even when something in your word hits me in a way that stirs up emotion and I want to get frustrated. Before I do that, I'm trusting that, God, you ultimately desire what's best for me. So over the next two weeks, this weekend and next weekend, we're looking at several very important principles from God's Word. Here's what we've tried to do today. We're looking today to say, Lord, you have my attention. I want to give undivided attention to your word on a regular basis. Here's how I do that. I listen intently, I speak carefully, and I proceed patiently. Next weekend, Pastor Vance is going to teach from the following verses, verses 21 to 25. And we're going to look at, okay, now that God has our attention, how do we receive his word and become doers of his word? So that's where we are in our journey through the book of James. But I hope today you are challenged and encouraged to give your attention, your full attention to the Word of God.